Welcome into Between the Pylons. I'm John Camacho. And this is Jacob Waters. And I am so ready for NFL football. It is finally here. Week one, baby. I am so excited. The excitement is here. We actually get to talk about real stuff starting next week, technically, because this week is still just predictions. We've been doing predictions for the past three months, but now it feels so much more real, so much more exciting. All of the plans that we've made over the past three months for shows that we're going to do during the season and all these other things, we're doing them. I'm so excited. I'm so pumped. I, I just, that's all I need to say. You you go ahead. No, it's it's time. Yeah. Listen, this we, we get football now Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Monday. Thursday, uh, and then we get to complain about it whenever we don't have it in mid-February. Exactly. Let's run it. Now is the time to rejoice and just let it soak in. It's going to be fun. Yes. If you are in a car, if you are somewhere where you can do it, just like scream at the top of your lungs how happy you are because that's that's just what I've been doing the past week. I'm so excited for yeah. football. Uh, let, let's get into it. All right, guys. Great show for you guys today. Uh, we are going to be touching on a couple of the, the bigger news things that are going to happen. Listen, we record this on Tuesday. I feel like all the big news for week one happens Wednesday, Thursday, so we miss out on a lot of that stuff. We're not going to stress about it this year. We'll talk about the stuff. We can talk about it. We're really the meat of this show. We're going to be talking fantasy up Side picks, all right? You have two. I have two. We're going to be talking about our favorite plays this week in the fantasy world. If you're DFS, if you're just regular, all, all of those things, we'll be giving you that. Oh, yeah. And you can gamble in Tennessee now online, yes. all right? Yes. We have been taking advantage of that since November of 2020, and uh, we're here with our best bets. You have three. I have three. Instead of making our picks for every single game, we're not doing that anymore. That is gone. That is off of the podcast. We are doing our best bets. And we are doing a power ranking show, a totally separate power ranking show that we actually just recorded that you can watch on the YouTube channel if you are interested. And uh, last but not least, we are also I'm going to also give my favorite prop bet for week one Thursday night football. And that is anticipation for my full prop bet show that I will have coming out on Thursday, maybe Friday based on when the lines come out. I'm not exactly sure, but that is going to be coming out. And I just we're going to do that tease. That's the show, man. I'm so excited. Let's get right into it. I'm going to stop talking for a second. And I'm just going to say two words, three words. T.J. Watt. Give T. it to T.J. Watt. That is. So <laughs> T.J. Watt and the Pittsburgh Steelers are butting heads right now. And this story has really gotten swept under the rug. It was something that I didn't even think about off the top of my head. And that there's a chance that this little hold-in thing that he's doing is going to blow up bad. Mm-hmm. And I know you have a little bit more insight on it than I do in the first place. I think Pittsburgh should pay the man. Mm-hmm. Uh, TJ Watt wants to be the highest paid defensive player in the National Football League, in my opinion, rightfully so. But if we're going to look at the team that he is asking for, Pittsburgh has never negotiated midseason. They are notorious for making guys either do it before or then you're going to be quiet and you're going to wait until afterwards so we can handle business time when business time is and then it's play, you know, play time. I said it's go time during the actual season. Yeah. yeah, no, the Steelers are just one of those teams. Like, it doesn't matter if you're Le'Veon Bell in your prime. It doesn't matter who you are. They're not going to conform to the to the players. And, and I think, look, they're a really well-run uh, franchise. They've, they've been competitive for a lot of years, so you can't really knock them for, for how they've gotten production they're and gotten results. They're one of the results. who have the resume to say, yeah. hey, this is why we do this. It, Deal with it. Exactly. So so you don't have a problem with that. I, I don't have a problem with that. I'm, certain, I'm sure you don't either. TJ Watt, obviously, listen, the hold-in thing is a real thing. Let's touch on that real quick, because I don't know how much we've really hit on the hit on that in the podcast i know i've mentioned it a couple times i really talked about it on the live stream i did a couple weeks ago but what's happening now is because of the nflpa they changed the rules for if you miss training camp if you miss a practice and things like that and they basically made it impossible for a 
player to realistically miss the practices because it just costs you too much money. So what are the players doing? Well, they're they're really taking after a Jalen Ramsey. He was really the first one to do it publicly where he was showing up to work every day but not working. He, he couldn't get fined for not being there. He couldn't get fined for anything, but he wanted out. He wanted to trade. What happens like three weeks later, and granted, this was midseason, so it was a little bit different. He gets traded to the Rams in that blockbuster deal. This year, we saw multiple players do the same thing. It didn't get as much buzz because they were at camp and you couldn't, you know, you weren't hearing about it as much. But TJ Watt was a big one. He wasn't practicing. He wasn't doing anything like that. Uh, Dwayne Brown, who just got a contract from the uh, from Sam, from the Seahawks, excuse me, the left tackle, who honestly, I don't think he got what he wanted, but he got something. Uh, he was doing the hold in. We had Jamal Adams. He was doing the hold in. Two teams for the Seahawks. There, there, and there's other players across the NFL that maybe were, maybe weren't, that maybe didn't get a lot of publicity. Uh, you know, they didn't get the pub because they were showing up and it's not as big of a deal. But yeah, it, it, it's, it's very interesting how that works out. Now we're, we're seeing this TJ Watt thing. And listen, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Does TJ Watt play this year? It, it, it's, you know, there was no way that could happen. Like, I'm just harking back to the Lamar, the Le'Veon Bell thing. I remember playing fantasy that year. I remember... <coughs> Excuse me. I remember, you know, hearing about the news, hearing about the holdout, hearing about all the issues, and obviously, Loving Bell was certainly more active on social and making it a bigger deal than than TJ Watt has. It's been fairly quiet for TJ Watt. But no one really believed he wasn't going to play the season, right? Yeah. There was no belief. He was drafted number one, number two in pretty much every draft leading up to the, the season. And then all of a sudden, he just doesn't play. He just doesn't play. And, and that was a really crazy thing. Could that happen again? I don't think so. I but but this is this is getting interesting. One of their best defensive players, I would argue the best defensive player on their team, might not be playing week one. They need him. They do. Pittsburgh needs him. TJ Watt needs the Steelers. Listen, this is something where they need to go ahead and fix this little marriage so they can continue it being such. Because for the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, that's really what's gonna have to drive this team, I think, this year. That Devin Bush is returning from his injury that he had last year. You have Minka up top. And you have T.J. Watt. And T.J. Watt is one of the best defensive players overall in football. You can't really blame the guy whenever it comes time to re-up, as they say, mm-hmm. for him to be re-upped exactly that and set the new bar and then keep going and keep going forward. You know, looking back at the Lev thing, I remember my stance on that, and I thought that there was no way that Lev wasn't going to play. Yeah, I thought that the Steelers were at some point eventually going to say, hey, we need you, we need you to come back, and this is why. James Conner stepped up and took it and never, never let back. So I definitely think that that was one of the main driving factors behind Lev not getting to mm-hmm. was the success of his counterpart while he was out. And it's so much easier to do that at the running back position than I would think outside edge pass rush. And yeah. to know what T.J. Watt is, that's why I'm still going to take the same stance that T.J. Watt will be playing for the Steelers. He'll be playing sooner than later, of course, and they need him to. Yeah, listen, I'll. They need him to week one too. They they have to go play the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. That's going to be a tough game. Anyway, even if T.J. Watt was there and there were no issues without T.J. Watt, that that does feel like a huge loss for that defense. A defense that, you know, lost pieces on that defensive line in the offseason that really, I don't feel like were replaced to the same level, certainly. So I think that's a fair thing to say. Listen, breaking news. We weren't planning on this. This is not on the rundown or anything. Just saw it on my phone. Le'Veon Bell, who we just talked about, signed. Which team? Wow, he's Ravens. Ravens, yeah. yeah. I mean, we knew the answer. Uh, signed by the the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the Ravens famously, obviously lost J, D, uh, lost Dobbins for the year. We knew about that, and then lost Justice Hill, who was the third string running back. Who I, I think the Ravens felt pretty okay going into the season with Dobbins, or excuse me, with Gus Bus and uh, Justice Hill. Justice Hill hasn't gotten a ton of playing time, but when he's been on the field, he's been really good. He he really has, I was and high I think on him whenever he yeah, was drafted. absolutely, I, I I was too, and I think he's a guy who you know. 
I, I was certainly capable of taking over that that running back to a role that uh, that Gus had obviously had beforehand. When he goes down, you have two active running backs on the roster. You have to sign somebody. Le'Veon Bell, an interesting pick, uh, obviously going to get some some buzz. I, I'm going to give you my take real quick just before I hear yours. And, and the the reason I want to say that is I, I think I think it's interesting because like what Justice Hill brought to the team aside from being a running back was the special team prowess. All right? He he did help out on special teams. He did help out with those other things, which you like if you're a running back and you're the third string, fourth string, you, you kind of have to be available on special teams. That's part of your job, right? Um, is Le'Veon Bell a special teamer? I'm not talking about the guy who who re- receives the kick. I'm talking about the guy who's running down, like, you know, all the other pieces of the special team. Is Le'Veon Bell that guy? I don't know if he ever was in in, uh, in Pittsburgh early on. I, I just don't know that. No, maybe Le'Veon's maybe he did it early guy. on. I, I don't I don't know, but I certainly know that he, uh, uh, you know, that's not the pick I would have expected if you're wanting a guy that's going to help on special teams. So maybe they either feel fi- fine without that and they're adding him for depth as the number two. Uh, do you think he has number one upside? What, what do you think here? Uh, so I definitely think this is the season of overhype. Yeah. And that's what happens early on. People are going to listen. As we speak right now, I'm sure people are going to be like, oh, God, Le'Veon to the Ravens. Let me go make a claim. Let me go make a claim. Which rightfully so. I can't blame you to bet on what could be the upside. Yes, there is a realm where Le'Veon Bell. Listen, if you told me back in 2016, 2017, Le'Veon Bell would be on the Ravens. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. Oh, my God. Sign me up for that. You know, that's going to be electric. But right now, you know, the Ravens waited for a reason. They worked Le'Veon Bell. They worked Todd Gurley out too, right? So they, they were definitely doing their due diligence on these running backs mm-hmm. ever since losing Dobbins. Now it was the final thing of losing Justice Hill is where they were like, okay, we do need some help. Yeah, I think Lev's going to be able to come in and get some meaningful snaps. He still could be, you know, some fantasy asset overall, I guess, but I'm still sticking with Gus Edwards. I still think it is a smart move to play him this week overall. Yeah, but go get Lev if you have an open spot. I just definitely think there's going to be people saying this will win you your fantasy league over. No, I don't think it will. And by the way, as of now, I'm just reading it. Uh, he is on the 53. He's not on the 53 man roster as of right now. He is on the practice squad, but it does say that they're probably going to move him up once he's ready to go. So, yeah. so essentially, everything he said, I think, still counts. Like we said, though, I said be weary of this overhype, though, oh, because yeah. that's what's going to happen when you hear this news right off the rip. It's like. Oh my god! I gotta go get him because he's gonna be 2016 Lev. Yeah, I don't think no. so. That, that's no. never gonna happen. I, yeah. I absolutely agree. Uh, let's move on to a little bit other running back news. I mean, I don't know how important this is to people, but I, I thought it was certainly interesting. Latavius Murray, who's had an, had, had a pretty good career, you know, played with uh, he was played with the off Vikings. His best season. It, was he really? I didn't realize he was coming off his best yards per carry, statistically best season. Because I, yes. I will say, I remember watching last week last year and saying, yeah, he's lost a step. He missed a whole. Like, there were just a couple times I remember watching where it was like. Ah, uh, he missed that hole. He he couldn't hit that hole quite fast enough. And, and I certainly feel like he, you know, I, I certainly felt like they lost a step. And I was actually expecting them to bring in another running back in the the Saints. Uh, so kind of actually surprised to hear you say that, but it does make sense. I know you know they they really believe in that two running back mentality. The the big question here is you know, it's and cool. I I have their their our lads up right now. Really, nobody else on that roster right now. Uh, Dwayne Washington, uh, Tr- uh, Tony Jones Jr. Uh, the, those are not names that I'm super aware of you know I think I've probably heard of them before but like I, I don't know anything about them really uh, right now Alvin Kamara is the only guy on that roster that I know about there might be look there might be Saints fans that are saying we're fucking idiots they don't you know there's some no name that's been killing in camp that I just yeah. haven't heard of and, and if that's the case hey leave in the comments I do apologize but as of right now uh, Latavius Murray cut does this have significant effect on Kamara's fantasy output 
No, uh, so I still think Kamara was going to be the guy anyway. Oh, of course, but, yeah. But listen, there were times where Latavius, they really did like the one-two punch. They really did like putting in Latavius to keep the fresh leg mentality because a few years ago, it worked out great with the one-two punch. Like you said, statistically last year was Latavius' best year on paper when it comes to yards per carry and the overall outlook of what the way he was able to run the ball. But there were times where you could, you could see Kamara and then you could see Latavius and you could be like, it's more than a clear step down. It is astronomical step down where mm-hmm. it's like Kamara Kamara would take that play and not only do something with it, he would do two times better than what you could even if you did hit the hole. And there were times where he wouldn't even do that anyway. So yeah. I don't know who's going to be RB2 right now. There's a lot of names floating around there in the market, though. Adrian Peterson reunion out there. Who knows? That would be very surprising. <laughs> He's going to get a job somewhere. You think so? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's, the, I think I, it's I, think, I think all of those names that are, that are still floating around out there. Really? Um, te- not, uh, I'm trying to think of the guy for the Falcons. Who was there and no Freeman. longer there? Freeman. Devontae Freeman. Yeah. I still think he's going to be able to float around somewhere. Well, he 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 tried out with uh, the the Ravens and didn't get the job. He did. Gave it just depends on when injury, but when injuries hit, man, it's going to happen. Yeah, for sure. Love right. wasn't going to have a job. And you got to think. I mean, Ty, Ty Montgomery's still there. He's he's listed as a wide receiver on here, but I mean, he's he's essentially a running back. You know, wide receiver turned running back. They do use so him so yeah. He's still there. Maybe that's the number two. I don't know. It'd be interesting. It was he was cut after uh, he wasn't willing to take a pay cut. So now he has no no pay. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's that's. It's funny how that works, isn't yeah, it? it's it is what it is, man. That's that's what happens in the NFL. Hey, it's a you doggy want less dog money? World. No, you want no money. All right, cool. No heard. choice. Uh, um, all right, hey, that, that's like really all the big news we have. Obviously, uh, just kind of getting into this pod. Uh, let's let's go let's go through let's move on to our fantasy football uh, picks. All right, so we each have two fantasy football players that we think are going to have a big game this week based on the matchup, based on stuff like that. We're going to be doing this every week, by the way. So if you are interested in that, hey, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. We really appreciate that. Uh, let's get into it right now. You want me to go first? Or you want to go first? I'll go first. Yeah, and go first. I'm going to say it with all this Lev news, with all of the Ravens, we're talking about it. And my fantasy guy for week one is Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards has continued to rise up ADP rankings from the start. You know, of course, with the J.K. Dobbins, you would see the huge uptick right there. Justice Hill, huge uptick. I don't think it's going to see much of a, a difference with this Le'Veon Bell signing at all. Gus Edwards is going to show up, and the Ravens play the Raiders on Monday Night Football, mm-hmm. and I think that he's going to show you why he has such a steady, safe floor mm-hmm. that he is guaranteed touches, he is guaranteed yards, he is going to be used in the passing game, and you add in a touchdown here or there, and that's going to make solid RB2 numbers with RB2. RB1 upside. Gus Edwards has that potential for you. I'm saying play him this week against the Raiders. Yeah, I absolutely. Listen, I'm starting him over Saquon this week. I, I am. Listen, I have Saquon on my roster. Obviously, high, high pick. Uh, there's certainly questions about the injury. But, you know, I feel like he, they're going to start him off slow. And, and uh, I, you know, you look at who they're playing. They're playing the Raiders, as you said. Uh, Raiders, Stevens line. Listen, there, there's pieces there for sure. But I, I think it's not a complete unit. I, I feel confident saying that. And uh, this is a team that wants to run the ball. They're going to run the ball with Lamar Jackson. They're going to run the ball with Gus, Gus Edwards. So he's going to get the attempts. He's going to get the carries. And. And listen, I think if you if you owned Dobbins last year, if you were starring Dobbins, you got real frustrated with Gus Edwards siphoning off some touchdowns because yes. it happened. It happened a good bit last year. I, I think you know with, there's really nobody on that roster that's going to siphon off touchdowns at least early on in the season. Obviously, we'll see what happens with Le- Le'Veon Bell and all these things, but that's not going to take an effect week one at all. He is, to me, a big DFS play. He is a big play this week. If you have him on your roster, find a way to start him. Even if you drafted late and you have Gus Edwards for pennies and you have other starters, 
I, I really think it's worth taking a second look and, and looking at the matchups and considering, hey, this is a guy who should have RB1 upside. It's a safe, smart play. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And uh, listen, I'll, I'll stay on that same kind of path with uh, running backs, a little bit higher valued running back as far as guys that have been drafted earlier. Antonio Gibson uh, gets to play the Chargers this week. I think, listen, I, I think Antonio Gibson of the Washington Washingtons is going to be, you know, a really good play all year. He's going to be a guy that I'm going to be looking at and player props to hit the over. And, I, you know, he's a guy I won a lot of money off last year for uh, receptions. But I look at him as, as a guy who, yeah, Jarrett Patterson's the backup. I, I think they're really ready to give him the keys to the castle. We, we've seen we, we, we've seen what's happened in Carolina with CMC. Uh, who was the head coach that really gave him the start? I, I can't remember. It's I just this, They're saying mm, this is the second coming This feels McCaffrey. This feels like there's a chance that that's the upside. That is the Antonio Gibson upside. It's ridiculous. Now, obviously, I'm not saying that's going to happen but it would not shock me a single bit if it did and listen i think this is a good matchup i think against the chargers i like the chargers a lot but i think you know you have the upside if it is a good game and they're down late you're throwing into antonio gibson out of the backfield a lot if it's not i that interior defensive line i listen i think there's a lot of of potential in that interior defense line but really not a lot proven even though there are some higher draft picks i you know put in there i know they've they've gotten some guys uh you know in the late rounds of the draft that their first round excuse me that that have you know produced but maybe not to the point that we were probably probably hoping for so yeah i think there's some upside there with antonio gibson i think he's a really good play and i think he will be a top 12 running back fantasy wise this week yeah before before i get to my last one too i'll I'll continue on the antonio gibson stuff because one of the reasons that i really like him i love finding these running backs and of course we could talk about the first round ones all the time but Mm -hmm. you know antonio gibson was one of those second round possibly later guys that you were able to grab and i love him because i don't think his success is touchdown dependent as it is some of these other guys. That's a really good point. Even even if they're they the the Washington Washingtons, they can play a game where it's seventeen to thirteen, yeah. and Gibson still drops twenty. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. There's a lot of other teams out there where I feel like their running back is touchdown dependent. You know, uh, some of those guys. I hate to say it, but there's times where Derrick Henry can be a touchdown-dependent game. Yeah. A Chris Carson can be a touchdown-dependent. Josh Jacobs gives me those vibes sometimes. Not saying that they don't get used in that at all. I'm just trying to equate it to saying Antonio Gibson, the way that they use him out of the backfield, his nut, you can look at the score without looking at the fantasy and be like, oh, God, he didn't have a good day, did he? And then you're like, wow, he caught eight passes, you know, got targeted eight times, caught five of them, had 50 yards, and then some rushes here and there. Yeah. He's going to do good this week, and he's going to be good overall on the year. They're saying it's a second coming of McCaffrey for a reason. I wouldn't take that lightly. Yeah, and I, and I absolutely agree that we know what he can do out of the backfield. We know what he can do on the edge. Let's talk about the interior here. Uh, you know, Tillery here, that was the, the late-round, first-round pick that I was talking about. He was ranked 106 by PFF last year with a 43.9 rating as an interior uh, defensive tackle. They always miss on Justin, the interior, Justin Jones, the other guy on the interior, another guy who's drafted fairly highly in third round, you know, not nothing crazy. Listen, he, he's better, third 34th overall, but certainly a guy that's going to struggle against a sheriff, against a, a Rowler. Their, their interior offensive line is really good. Flowers on the other side. There's going to be some push there for the offensive line. That That's really the mismatch that I'm looking at, and I think Antonio Gibson has a really good chance of exploiting that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's good. move on. Let's hear uh, yours. So I'm going to go ahead and say that this one's a quarterback, mm-hmm. and a lot of people, it's, it's hard to say this because I drafted him very highly, and there's a chance that he may not even be the starter in 
a few weeks, just depending on how things shake up. But I, I so I believe in him wholeheartedly. It's Jalen Hurts of mm-hmm. the Eagles. You know, I, I saw people start talking down about him whenever they picked up Minshew late yeah. from the Jaguars mm-hmm. and saying that Sirianni isn't guaranteeing anything with a new quarterback, new coach. You never know how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. I think Hurts is going to get off to the right step at the right time, week one against the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Atlanta's kind of banged up early on going on their offensive side of the ball, I know for sure. And overall, I think Hertz is just going to be able to take advantage of it with his legs. He has enough of an arm to make the big plays where it matters. And a, a guy who has QB1 upside this week, Jalen Hurts, that's why I'm riding him out. I'm starting him over Herbert, if that tells you anything. Wow. So yeah. I, I believe in him. Yeah, that's a that's a big move. Listen, I, I really like it. We're actually going to talk about that game a little bit more when Russian we talk touchdown about touchdowns speak volumes. Oh, yeah. And in fantasy for sure. I, I absolutely agree with that. Um listen, that's a that's a bold take, I, I will say. You know, I I, I think over over uh over uh, who'd you I'm say? I'm worried about over? Herbert and Washington. Herbert. Yeah, over Herbert, that's a that's a little scary to me. I, I'd probably take the upside of Herbert, but I, I don't blame you a bit. I really see where you're coming from yeah. with that. I mean, I, we're gonna talk about that game a little bit more as far as the Falcons offense versus that defense. So so I have another take there uh, that we'll bring up when we talk about best bets. So that's a little sneak peek there. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a really good pick. And uh, anything else you want to say with that? Or No, I mean, I, I think I... I th- no, you nailed it. You yeah, nailed it on the head. Good, I just man. I just want to yeah. get permission to move on to my to my You're quarterback good, bro, here. Yeah. Uh, you went quarterback. We went running back quarterback. We both did, of us. We? That yeah. we did not plan that. All right. Uh, but my quarterback here is a quarterback that has moved from one team to another, from the AFC to the NFC. Has gone to a team that I am incredibly high on. Uh, it's a team that I think has a ton of potential. That is Sam Darnold. Right. Match week now one. listen, I I like Sam Darnold for the season. I I think Sam Darnold is going to be able to put up a lot of numbers. With Robbie Anderson, with DJ Moore, with Terrace Marshall, I and with McCaffrey out of the backfield. I think that's going to be a dangerous, dangerous unit. I think it doubles as a dangerous unit when you consider it is facing the New York Jets. And listen, I have a lot of hope for the New York Jets as a whole, but their defense is a huge work in progress. They've had a lot of injuries on that defensive line already to to where I think their offensive line for the Carolina Panthers is going to get pushed. They're going to be able to uh, protect Sam Darnold just fine. I have no real worries about that. Beyond Quentin Williams, there's just not anybody else on that on that defensive line that I'm scared of. And, and really, where you talk about the weakness of, I, I would say, I mean, the biggest mismatch out there are the cornerbacks for the Jets. Yes. They're, they're no names. They're, they are low low around uh, low investment guys that hey maybe they hit maybe they're good but there's just not a lot out there Hall Dunn these these guys are not names that, that the average fan knows these are not names that and I ha- knew and have to face until, DJ Moore exactly Robbie Anderson yeah. exactly the, like I said these are not names that I knew until researching this and and realizing oh PFF has these guys as either unranked or like six, Hall is 67th out of 121 so like not good when you talk about wide receivers that are you know all very highly ranked as far as PFF grades and all these other things, their their safeties are a little better. Obviously, Marcus May is a very good borderline top ten safety in the league. Yeah, I love Marcus May, but Lamarcus Joyner on the other side, yeah, he's he struggled. He, he got that big contract, but he has really struggled. He has not lived up to it. CJ Mosley has played about one and a half games for the Jets since yeah. he got that big contract. He'll be back in the middle of that defensive line. No idea what to expect there. Uh, it's just been so much time. You never know what you're getting there, and there's just not a lot of other names to expect. I, I think the I think the 
wide receiver core, if you can get a Anderson cheap, if you can get a Terrace Marshall cheap in DFS specifically, target that. To me, though, they are the team to target. They are the wide receivers to target. And yeah, I'll say it. I will. I would go cheap and I would stack him with a Sam Darnold because I think Sam Darnold's gonna have a really good game. And oh yeah, look, I think the Jets. I think the Jets offense can score. I think this game script has the potential. And it's week one. It's usually low scoring in week one. This could be but, an over. Yeah, I, this could be an over. They have the potential to be dangerous. I really believe in Zach Wilson. And, and yeah, so so there's there's a lot there that makes me think that Sam Darnold is a great pick. I thought about just taking one of the wide receivers, but I thought like any one of these wide receivers could go off. There's not yeah, like just so, one and, and mismatch. Then if, and then if you're at that premise, if any of these wide receivers can go off, you need to look at the guy throwing it to him exactly. and say he's going to throw it to all of them. So exactly. he's going to have a good day. I agree with you. Sam Darnold's going to have a good day. All right, that those are our fantasy takes. Those are our top four guys that we saw that we think have some really really good upside in fantasy football. Hope you enjoy that. Hope hope that helps you guys. Let's move right along to our best bets for week one, right? Actually, I want to do one quick thing, and this is not something that we're going to be doing week to week, but I, I want to, this is a little sneak peek, all right? This is this is what you're going to be getting from me on the prop bet show that we're doing, or that I'm doing every single week uh, this year. I think the biggest the, the, the biggest way that you can win in, in gambling when it comes to the NFL specifically is prop bets. Mm-hmm. I think that is where Vegas puts the least amount of time, I'm not going to say the least amount of time, but doesn't, it, it, it's just so much harder, because you're projecting every single player's uh, yards and, and it's there's no program that's going to be perfect with that there's always going to be holes and I think I'm pretty good at finding them I, I was pretty good last year and I feel confident enough to make a whole show out of it this year this is a sneak peek this is my favorite bet for the Thursday night game this is not obviously going to be on the show but I was looking at the Thursday night game this feels like a lock I'm putting it on the screen right now Ezekiel Elliott over 21 and a half receiving yards uh, he surpassed 22 yards in every game game that he played with Dak last year before the injury. He actually averaged 7.5 targets per game when Dak was in the lineup that first month of the season. And oh yeah, this is game script perfect. Game script perfect for Ezekiel Elliott. There's going I, the expectation is the Cowboys are going to be underdogs. Yeah, they are seven yeah. and a half point underdogs right now. Obviously, you know, Tampa playing the the former Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, there, there's a really high chance that they're sitting in the fourth quarter, maybe down 10 points, maybe down uh, two touchdowns, and they're having to throw the ball. And what do you do when you throw the ball and nobody's open? You check it down to your receiver, gives Zeke really, really good opportunity to get some extra yards. That is the lock of the week. And listen, I know it sounds silly. I know it's I know like I, I get it. A lot of people aren't in on the prop bet thing. But if you bet this, it's the you you can win the exact same amount of money as you can betting that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers cover seven and a half points. And I'm sorry, I think there's a much better chance that Zeke Elliott gets 22 receiving yards than you know the the possibility of a garbage time touchdown, even if Tampa Bay controls the entire game. You know, I, you know what I mean? Like I, I think the line is so hard to beat week to week with uh, NFL. And I think again, we, you, there's there's always ways that you can find the best bets. But prop bets are one of my favorite things to bet on. I'll be doing a whole show on it, and I wanted to put this out there. Sorry. I'll let you talk now. I didn't no, no, get off my, I, my no, soapbox. I, I agree with you on the prop bets thing because, like you said, looking at over-unders, looking at this, that, there's so many different ways that this game script can go. But when it comes to these player props, it's like the way that I attack it is I do the same. I look I look for a star, usually, a mm-hmm. star player, and then how you kind of base it out on, okay, last year if there was a guy missing from that team when they played, Dak. Mm-hmm. That that was you got a different version of Zeke, so it might be a little skewed on these first few weeks. Getting the line back to where Zeke and Dak kind of flowing together, I think this is one of those that's exploited right now. And over twenty one and a half receiving yards, 
Zeke has the potential to break that on any given play, first off, whenever he's catching one, mm-hmm. let alone when you say that every game that Dak was playing, I think it was four games, right? Four, he four, got four, hurt four, in the fifth. So four and a half games yeah. that he was getting these targets, over seven targets a game. Yeah, on average. Three, on average. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll take that. I will take that all the time. And yeah. the game script from playing a good team where you have to throw it late, yes. Because one of the only realms where you would be like, well, maybe he doesn't hit it because they're feeding Zeke through the running game and they're just chewing some clock, not the other way. Mm-hmm. Buccaneers are a good team. I look for them to be ready to go. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm glad you agree with me. I appreciate that that insight. And uh, hopefully you guys bet that. Hopefully that hits. I'm going to feel real dumb if it doesn't because I'm, How many I'm pretty units? confident. Just in a unit? Uh, yeah, I did a full unit on it. Uh, but we'll talk about that a little bit when we get into our best bets on how we do the units and stuff. Uh, but yeah, look, I'm doing one unit and uh, and I feel I feel really confident. I don't usually do more than one unit on any given bet. Though. It's Yeah, it's hard to do that. Yeah, it's, exactly. Because you never know. You know, exactly. he could get hurt in the second play of the game. So so you try not to over overextend yourself. So, uh, yeah, I have no fantasy. Yeah, exactly. I, I just say that as, a, as an example of why you never overextend yourself on any given bet. Nothing yes. to guarantee. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, I'm going to have you go first with your best bets. We're going to go back and forth. Uh, they're going to be able to see it on the screen, obviously. Uh, I'll, I'll let you take over. So I am taking the under 52 points on the Thursday night game with Dallas and Tampa. Thursday night games are primarily low scoring, and looking at the way that offenses start week one, it can be kind of slow. I am expecting Tampa to, yes, I just said be ready to play some football, but I'm also expecting Dallas to get ready. I think it's going to take them a quarter or two to kind of figure this thing out. Might be some a couple first downs, then a punt, some field position uh, early on, field position battle. And you know what that results in? A low-scoring game at halftime at a 52-point under. I understand that that is pretty timid as it. Like it, all, all these unders sit around. I think it's like 52 to 44 is where mm-hmm. you'll find all of those sitting. But I really like this one just kind of be that slow, almost boring, if you will, Thursday night game. I don't want to say boring because I'm super excited for football. Mm-hmm. But I remember sitting there a lot of times on Thursday night, and I'm like, guys, do something. That's just <laughs> kind of how it goes sometimes. These teams take a second. It's going to get going. I look for these Thursday night bets a lot on the under going forward into the season, too, because you're catching a team on a short week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I I really like that bet a whole lot. And, and really, it would it surprise anybody if it's 7-3 at half. No, it wouldn't it, surprise it, me. It really bit. wouldn't. The, there's going to be miscues. That's, that's always what happens. And actually, listen, hey, if you're listening to this on a Wednesday morning or whenever you're listening to this, uh, you don't have a lot of time to wait. But I would wait all the way up until game day. That's what I'm doing. This It's the first game of NFL football. There are going to be a lot of people betting you over. All yes. right. The you, When you sent me this line, because he sends me the lines, I make the graphics. When you sent me this line yesterday or whenever it was, I think it was yesterday or the day before, it was at 51 and a half. It's already gone up half a point. That's, that's why we have it at 52 right now. It's going to keep going up just because that's what happens. The the over gets inflated. And also there are statistics. I don't have it in front of me right now, but there are statistics where the Cowboys in general are one of the most bet over teams on, on any given game because they're, they're America's I think team. it's offense capabilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're America's team. They The over gets inflated by Vegas because everyone bets the over. So it, it, it statistically speaking, betting the under on a Cowboys game is actually one of the like better bets out there as far as like statistics across the board. You're, you're going to hit it more times than more times saying that it was like since i don't know how many seasons was, it was but yeah. it was like a 66 it was from success. yeah it was from 20 it was from the past 20 years they or excuse me it was 21 years they had seven uh games so like, we were talking season long in this particular graphic or uh, example but in the past 21 years they had hit the over on the the line to win seven times out of 21 33 they hit the over so the under hits America's a whole team, lot high expectations yeah and you get you get that that mm-hmm. uh in 
influx. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want me to keep going with mine? Or I know. Like, we'll we'll go. Back? Yeah, we'll let's just go back and forth. I mean, we can yeah. do that. Um, I, I'm going to start here with uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars and Houston Texans. Obviously, the game we're all going to be watching, right? Um, that that's man. that is a barn burner. Forty four and a half points, and, and I get it. I, I'm betting the under on, on already on an already low one. Man, I, I think there's going to be miscues. I don't believe in this Jacksonville offense already. Uh, and listen, I know that neither defense is great, and it, this could have the potential to be a weirdly high-scoring game. This is one, hey, I'm betting half a unit on this. I'm not, like, the most confident in the world on this bet. But when I was looking at it, it's like, I don't believe in either of these offenses yet. Jaguars, you got to prove it to me. And to, and to me, honestly, this could be 30-7 to 7 Jaguars. Like, I could see that. And, oh, wait, that still hits the under, right? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I don't believe in Houston's D- offense at all. This, this to hit the over, you need over three touchdowns out of both teams. 21 21 doesn't hit the over. Have so, fun figuring out where they come from. Exactly. So, so I just don't see where these points come from. Obviously, you know, this could be just one of those college games where, hey, neither team has great defense and, and everything's working on both sides and the, the over hits by a mile. I just don't see that for this. I just in the NFL, it just doesn't happen. Obviously, you know we can talk about these two teams being some of the worst teams in the NFL. Obviously, statistically last year they were uh, two of the top three worst teams in the NFL. But there's still NFL teams with NFL talent on both sides of the ball. So, you know, I, I do think there's going to be a, a little bit of earnest and also under usually hits at a high rate early on in the season. I think that that this is one of those teams where it can be true more than for others, obviously. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you on that, especially when you said the uh, like the college <coughs> dynamic behind it where it's like both of these teams are bad. So we expect it just to be, mm-hmm. you know, just lights on fire. This mm-hmm. offense going crazy. A lot of times you don't see that in the NFL. Mm-hmm. If it's two bottom dweller teams, they play as such, and the offense looks like that, definitely. So that's just kind of how it goes. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. I could see it being like 24-17 Jags yeah. win or something. Yeah, I could I could absolutely see that, and that, that hits the under by a good bit. And that's still that's yeah. still putting a lit. That's, yeah, that's, that's close. Giving, that makes it close. That's, yeah. that, that, and that's me giving some points. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. I saw this, and I was like, this could be 18-9. This could be one of those weird-ass games. Be weird you know one. what I mean? Like 18-9, like 19-9, something, something dumb like that. Uh, we'll move back over to your best bet here. Second bet, I'll let you go from there. Uh, so I have the under – no, no I, sorry, sorry. I have the overhitting on the Arizona Cardinals and Tennessee Titans game. Mm-hmm. I think that this this line set at 52, and I see both teams set up for offensive success early. I Kyler, D-Hops, Chase Edmonds, I think that this team is ready to go, and I think the Titans, if they're able to win this game, are going to have to match them as such. Yes, I understand the game script to where the Titans might want to just run Derrick Henry, pound the ball, chew the clock, keep the things going. I really don't see that as such, though. Mm. I think with the, the Cardinals losing Patrick Peterson up front, so they have Byron Murphy as their cornerback one. Mm. I'm I'm lacking on their cornerback two off the top of my head, but those guys have to face off against A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. Mm. Ryan Tannehill is going to have a day through the air. I've seen a lot of people out there saying that he's the sneaky must-start guy for week one as a Ryan Tannehill. Looking at the flip side, Titans defense has got to get going in a quick way. And regardless of pass rush, even if the pass rush hits, who's one of the best guys at evading that? Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's going to be electric. He's going to be making all the plays. It's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, and just the the cornerback too for the Cardinals is uh, Robert Alford. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So just uh, give so that we're a little taking, We're taking a Byron Murphy and. Robert, Robert Alford, yeah, exactly. AJ Brown and <laughs> Leo fun. Jones. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you throw in there, you know, they, they got some good safeties in there, so I'll give them a little bit. Buda Baker's good, all that. I'll, I'll give them a little bit of. They do, of no, they do have good safety. But, but Honestly, yeah, no, I totally team, get what you're when saying. When you look at the defense overall, I can kind of compare it to the Titans in a way where yeah. they have elite safety play and their Question corners. Mark. 
question marks. Yeah, and, and I, I really like their 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 linebackers. Obviously, that they they're building their defense through because that the linebacker same way, core. The same way that I said, you know, so and so is going to have to guard AJ Brown and Julio. Well, so and so is going to have to guard DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, get ready. Wow, that's a, that's a really good point. I do like that over. I'm always weary of overs in the uh, in the first couple of I'm games of the of season. Too, but that's why I went with that. But one. I mean, you also told me, and this isn't on our list or anything. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, you also told me about a teaser you did that I absolutely love. I'm going to follow you on, and I don't know if you want to tell people about that. Yeah, uh, uh, so I did a three-leg NFL teaser, and it, it was a teaser where it allows you to buy points here or there and level out the odds. So I was able to buy 12-ish points overall, and that got me to even money. So I have the Titans-Cardinals over, which the new line for me is at 44 points. I have the Rams and Bears over, which after buying points is 36 points. And I also have the Cowboys in buying points, twelve point underdogs. So if the Cowboys can keep within twelve, it's even money split. I have I have a whole unit on that. Yeah, no, I, I, I like that a lot. Bet. I think that's a that's a great unit. And by the way, we're talking about in units. Let me just uh, quickly uh, point that out. We we really look. We we bet on on football. We bet on college, and we try and be smart with it. Uh, look, you never know. You're never going to hit a hundred percent, even as as smart as we think we are. We're never going to hit hundred percent. So what we try to do is limit our bets per per game, and and the way we describe our confidence in any particular bet is a unit. And we don't have to tell you. know, We're not going to tell you what our unit is. It, it can be whatever it is. So the sharps are a hundred dollars per bet, right? Like yeah. better the people that have real money. Ours isn't hundred dollars per bet. We'll give you that. Um, but it's one sum of money that we are confident betting each game. The, that is our sum. And if we like a bet, we don't love it. Hey, we'll split it in half. If we have like a teaser that we like or a parlay that we like, split in half, split in a quarter, whatever it is. And that's how we kind of differentiate our bets. And, and honestly, it's worked for both of us even early on. Really, just betting on a couple of football games over the past, you know, college games. I think we're both up so far yeah, it's, and, and it's doing just a well. Good, it's a good way to keep you in check, and it's a good way to honestly show how confident you are in something be like well you know i could see it going like this but yeah there is i mean let's be honest here there is a realm where this doesn't hit so and so so then you can be like okay i'm only going to put a quarter of a unit on that or if you do a parlay i would suggest doing a quarter of your unit typically anyways because parlays you never know where they're going to go in the first place yeah absolutely uh so yeah i just wanted to give that give that up all right so you got your second let me give you my second best bet of the week um i'm going all right so this one's this is going to be a little bit of a long one uh as far as like my explanation the philadelphia eagles and atlanta falcons play this week two teams that hey we did our we did our power rankings earlier today we recorded that check that out that's on the channel both teams that I think are in the bottom 10, bottom eight or nine, whatever it is. And I'm, I'm taking the Eagles to win this game outright. They're getting three and a half points. They are, they are uh, the underdogs in this game. I actually think they win this game outright. So getting three and a half points to me is a huge, huge steal. I almost considered saying, hey, bet the money line at plus 146. Not quite a big enough money line. Like the difference between that and the, yeah, and the, the spread. Yeah, the just like, ah. I'll, I'll take the three and a half points and take the spread. I, I thought it was worth it there because this certainly could go either way. And I get that. This was to me is the biggest mismatch in this game. You look at the Atlanta Falcons team, and yeah, we love their we love their weapons, right? Kyle Pitts, uh, you know, Calvin Ridley, Matt Ryan, who can get the ball anywhere at any time. You, you gotta love that. And, and we can question the defense all day, but who cares? We're not gonna talk about that right now. The offensive line is still a question mark. I love Jake Matthews. He's a good he's a good tackle in the league. He, he's fine. Their their center Hennessy. He's a third round pick from a couple of years ago. Who you know I, I don't really know a whole lot about, but he sat out pretty much all of preseason and it wasn't because of injuries the Falcons sat all of their starters so the coaching staff at least feels good enough in Hennessy to say hey he's a starter we don't need to see anymore so you feel good about that their left guard just got hurt so that's a huge hit the rest of their offensive line 
huge question marks and no depth. All right, there, there's a lot of issue there, issues there on the offensive line, and I'm not going to get into the details on every single player. I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but as a unit, there are certainly weak links. They are going up against what was last year the best front seven in the NFL. That it's hard is, to believe, isn't it? yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. But uh, in, now, granted, that that's that statistic. Uh, you know, takes away the injuries. Of the passing. Yeah, and it takes away the injuries and thing and things. But uh, yeah, so that front seven who that is healthy right now for the most part. To me, that is the mismatch of the game. To me, Matt Ryan's not going to have enough time. To me, listen, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of the Eagles' uh, cornerbacks. I'm not really a big fan of their secondary at, as a, at all. But I think that is going to be where the game is won and lost. That's where Matt Ryan is not going to have enough time to make any moves. I don't love the run game anyway, but I don't think they're going to be able to get off the ground running the football. To that, That's what Arthur Smith at least has done in Tennessee, so they're not really going to be able to play the game the way they want to. There's going to be a lot of boots. That was, that's what Arthur Smith loves to do. That's what Matt Ryan's really good at running that that play action that boot stuff like that he's really good at analyzing the field getting his getting the ball out quick all that same kind of thing Tannehill was really good at that worked in Tennessee should work in in Atlanta as a whole but I don't expect it to work this week because I I just think they're going to be all over man I really do I think that that is where the mismatch is I think the Eagles are going to win this game I think it could be ugly listen I'm not in love with the Eagles offense I'm not sitting here saying that's a lock that the Eagles are going to win but that to me is a huge mismatch and the reason I was kind of surprised to see that the Eagles weren't favored I thought I thought this should have been in like a minus one kind of thing I thought this should have been a toss-up kind of game I thought it was a coin flip yeah giving giving me three and a half which is under that field goal range which is which is a football number that you like to see I like that extra half point that gives me enough confidence to take the spread, and, and yeah, that's that's my best bet of the week here. I like it; it's a good one. Yeah, that's all, that's all I got. I know I just went on a, a little soapbox. No, box you're good. There. I'll bounce it back to mine. And this one is on Monday Night Football, and we get to see the Ravens against the Raiders. And for me, this this I guess it would you would say substantial line at four and a half. You know, th- there's definitely a favorite here when it comes to being the Ravens. Um, but I think that the Ravens are going to show up and show out. I did not like the Raiders off season at all. I, I I don't want to sound like I'm about to hate on them, but I'm about to hate on them. I mean, if I'm taking a four and a half as my best bet, the Ravens are going to show up and show out, and they always have a good preseason, and they are always primed and ready to go for week one. I do not think that they're overlooking their match this, this game this week to get to the Chiefs game in week two, which is going to be a, a huge game. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to show up, check every box, X and O's, all the way up and down, and it's going to be a blowout. Ravens are going to dominate this game. They made the right moves on the defensive side of the ball. Jason Away has been a standout at camp. He's going to help out a lot, and I just see the Raiders struggling offensively early on. Yeah, lost a lot of pieces on that offensive line. Uh, you know, the wide receiver question, there's certainly question marks to the wide receiver position. Darren Waller, I feel like, is the only pass catcher that I have no questions about. You know, obviously, they, they moved on from John Brown. John Brown requested it to be cut, and, and they granted that. Uh, hopefully, Brian Edwards shows up. I, I like the potential there. It's but hard to show it's, up when you got Marlon Humphrey on you. Yeah, know? exactly. And and Henry Ruggs, we'll see. Maybe there's a long touchdown there. But overall, yeah, I agree. I think the Ravens, uh, this is a prime game where it's like the Ravens are going to be able to do exactly what they want to do on the on the offensive side of the ball. And defensively, I have no worries there. So, yeah, I really like yeah, that pick Ra- as well. If the Ravens offense is able to do what they want to do, I don't think that the Raiders are able to do what they want to do. And yeah. that's what's going to result in this game going like yeah. that. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. I think that's a great bet. And uh, I, I guess I'll finish it off. It's funny how, like, uh, we have a little yin and yang thing going as far as, like, the way our bets are going. Because my last best bet is the San Francisco 49ers crushing. I think they're going to crush the Detroit Lions. Seven and a half point spread. I usually don't take the cover at seven and a half points in the NFL, especially. It's hard to touch a cover like um, that. But, but yeah, I, I think this is a blowout. I think this is 30 to nine. I think this is, I think this is, uh, you know, 
know, we're, we're playing Trey Lance in the fourth quarter kind of game. I, I, I just think the San Francisco 49ers are healthy. I think the, the Lions have been having issues with injuries already and just are outmatching this game at every, at every point. Okay. Let's, let's talk about position groups. Yeah. From top to bottom. I do believe the San Francisco 49ers team is better at pretty much. Yeah. At every position I'll say, I don't think there's a spot where I would take the Lions position group over the 49ers. And then on top of that, you're giving me Kyle Shanahan, who was one of the better, you know, game planners, head coaches in the NFL versus a very, very unproven commodity and a Dan Campbell who, listen, I'm a Dolphins fan. I'm always going to have a soft spot in my heart for a Dan Campbell. I am hoping that works out for the Lions, but it, obviously we're not expecting them to win a ton of games this year anyway. One. Yeah, and I don't think it happens week one. I don't. I think this is a blowout. I think this is this is a game where San Francisco gets off on the right track. And also, Jimmy Garoppolo is playing for his job. He can't afford to look look anything but perfect. All right, and maybe maybe that makes him play worse. Maybe the pressure gets to him, but I think it's one of those things where it's like he, he's going to have every opportunity to look good, and he needs to look good because the second he has a slip up this year, it's going to be screens for yeah. Trey Lance, and that's coming no matter what. I don't think it's coming week one. No, it's not. I think he's going to show up. QBR is going to look great. Statistically, he's probably going to be like 21 of 25, 250 yards, two touchdowns and whatnot, and then whatever running back duo you want is going to take off. They're going to control this game, and they're going to dominate this game. I really like that you chose that because I want to do just one little tidbit sneak into a week two before the lines get adjusted because I do know that the 49ers are going to blow out the lines Mm -hmm. and I think that you need to jump in on this line while you can. It's the 49ers minus four and a half against the Eagles. Get in on that now before the the 49ers take care of business. Yes, I do think the Eagles might be able to show up and win that coin flip of a game, Mm -hmm. but four and a half points, 49ers, Eagles, come on now. We have the Lions as a bottom dweller. I know where the the Eagles are sitting right above that. Yeah. No, I, I like that. That's a that's a really good point and a good a good addition there. I really like that. Uh, all right, that is that is all we got. I want to throw one more thing out there. All right, I want to give just a little little nod, just a little tidbit on on something that that I think could be a very big surprise, and that is one of the best games of the week. This week is the the Chiefs playing the uh, the Browns. All right, that's going to be one of the biggest games of the year. I mean, we we have one. we have the Chiefs and Browns both in the top three of our of our between the pylons power ring. So, so that just tells you how good of a game we think this could be. Uh, man, week one is loaded with some really good matchups I'm excited about. This is one where I actually think the Browns can win this game. I think the Browns might take it too. I think the Browns win this game. And here's my argument, and I really wish you wouldn't have agreed because I thought I was going to get know. a lot of hate here. I do better when you hate my takes. So I, know. So I hate that okay, you just okay. like it. No, yeah. you're dumb for that. Yeah. The Chiefs are winning. <laughs> uh, listen, we know what the Chiefs are. They're great. Take away the quarterback position, right? Let's just pretend we don't know who's playing quarterback for either team. And look at the roster top to bottom, position group by position group, and tell me which one's better. The Browns have the best offensive line in the NFL. I know the Chiefs did a lot with their offensive line, and it looks really good. Browns have the best offensive line in the NFL. It's, and honestly, it might not even be close to the second best, all right? So so check for the Browns. Flip it over, defensive line. Browns have a better defensive line, period. End of story. You're, you're not touching me after you get Miles Garrett. All of those studs on that defensive line. You have Clowney there, who obviously is more of a name than he is a, a real big contributor. But I, I still like the upside there. You you look at the secondary for the uh, for. The the Browns, or yeah, let's just let's just go through it. I, I pulled it up. Ward, Newsom, Johnson, the third, the safety that they got in free agency, mm-hmm. really, really good pieces in that secondary. All right, so and listen, I get it. It's Mahomes. The Chiefs are going to score, but I, I think is a better secondary than the Chiefs secondary. Wide receiver group, top to bottom. I know Tyree Kill is arguably a top three wide receiver in the NFL. I would certainly argue that. 
OBJ, Justin Jefferson, DP, DPJ, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Wait, uh, Jarvis Landry. Not Jar- just, yeah. Did I say Jarvis? I'm so sorry. Jarvis Landry. OBJ, Jarvis Landry, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Those, that is a really, really good unit uh, like spread out across the board. Obviously, Tyreek Hill is awesome. Obviously, tra- Travis Kelsey is awesome. But when you just look at the wide receiver unit, yeah, it falls off after Tyree, uh, Tyreek Hill. Hardman has not been the guy I think we all expected him to be. Robinson is Robinson. Demarcus Robinson, he's just there. I mean, yeah. that's that's just what he is and on, on that roster. It's fine. The team loves him. Mahomes likes him. That's fine. That's all you need. But he's not like a, a dangerous threat. I'll put it that way. Top to bottom, the Browns have a better roster. All right, there's a reason everyone's excited about it. Yes, the ultimate equalizer is Mahomes, and and obviously Patrick, obviously Baker Mayfield is not Patrick Mahomes, but man, I think this could be the game. The Chiefs obviously coming out. They they did play a lot of preseason, and, and the Browns really didn't. So maybe there's a chance the Browns have a little bit of a slip out, have have a slow start. I could see that happening. But man, 325 comes on September 12th. I am going to be watching very closely and I am looking for an upset with the Browns. I'm calling it. I'm calling my shot. I think it's going to be an upset. That's good. I, I'm I not betting either. I think it's going to be a good <laughs> game overall and I can see it going either way. But yes, I really do like the Browns' preparation for this game. I think they have a salty taste in their mouth from a playoff game where they were a few bounces away and a fourth down, biggest balls on the earth, Andy Reid call that we've seen mm-hmm. from going to the championship game. The Browns are hungry. They want more. And the Browns' overall plan of attack, for me, in the way that I look at a football team, I like more than the Kansas City Chiefs' approach. Kansas City Chiefs, like you said, though, they have the great equalizer in a Pat Mahomes that is able to make their scheme work so well. They're able to screw on any given play, Mm -hmm. any given part of the field. The Browns, top to bottom, will pound and pound and pound and be efficient. It's a very good attack. Oh yeah, man. I, I again, I hate that you agreed with me, but but I'm glad I'm glad you do. Uh, well, I, I've always thought highly of the Browns. Yeah, no, I think I we the, both I do. The Chiefs at two and Browns at three on my power ranking. So, yeah, I mean, so it's, that, that tells you the clash of the Titans. Exactly, that tells you where we're at with that. So all right, hey, that's it. That's a show. This is a show. That's a show, guys. Thank you so much for watching. Please, if you watch this long, you gotta like, you gotta subscribe. That's that's a given. But hey, more importantly, leave a comment. Let us know what you thought. What, what did you think we were wrong about? What do you think you were right about? Even if you just say, "Hey, love the show," that that means the world to us. It really, we really appreciate that stuff. And hey, if you say, "Hey, we hate, hate the show," you know, at least tell us why. Yeah, and that, that means the world it. to us too. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you. You watched it. Yep. <laughs> All right, guys. We're gonna get out of here. Thank you so much for watching. Peace. Seven.